Hello, I'm George Kaler, TeaWithGeorge.com, and today's session of Get Real is going to be on anti-Semitism. What well, I can't pronounce it. Uh, sp- pronounce it for me, Steve. Anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism. Okay, off to a good start here. <laughs> I know I'm not anti-Semitic. 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 I know I'm not anti-Semitic because I can't say the word. <laughs> But I'm here today with Professor Steve Putney, expert in Constitution and history, best I know. And with Diane Gruber, retired attorney out there in Washington State, I heard you're getting what's called a atmospheric river of rain out there. Is it raining on you, Diane? Oh, heck yeah. We almost have lakes in our front yard. My goodness. Yep. So much rain the last three or four days that... uh, um, the sand, you know, we're on a peninsula, so there's no place for the water to go. The sand is saturated, so we have nice, nice little puddles all over the place. And but it's not as bad as three years ago, where I literally was driving through, well, I don't know, a foot, foot and a half of water on our private easement road. <laughs> Good gracious. Yeah, well, I'm fine. Stay I'm safe, fine. Diane. No big deal. Anyway, I'm, I am with the two sharpest knives in the drawer, and it's a privilege and an honor to be with you two today as we discuss what might be the most serious subject in history. If you go by, if you're a biblical scholar, or even if you're not, if you just read the Bible, in Genesis 16, Abraham is asking about his son Ishmael. Now, Ishmael is claimed by the Muslims to be the father of Islam, whereas Isaac, the father of the Jews. And uh, God asked about what is going to happen with Ishmael. And God told Abraham, Ishmael will be as a wild donkey, setting himself against all men, including his relatives. His relatives, of course, are the Jews. And so about 4,800 years ago or so, it was prophesied by God, that the Jews and the Muslims would be at each other's throats, and they are. And so, what do we what do we do here about this? Um, this morning, I heard rumblings about after the Israel after they're through destroying Hamas, what's going to happen with the Palestinians? Well, it's been floating out there. Biden wants to bring the Palestinian state into America. Bring them here. Two million of them. Bring them in. Oh, no. And so what will be the implications there? But let's start off with Steve Putney this morning, Professor Steve Putney. Steve, what do you see? How do you see the future of this this battle? It's been going on now for roughly 4,000 years. Right. It didn't start in 1967. It didn't start in 1946. And it didn't start start October the 7th. You're right. This has been going on for eons. Um, and Hamas is not the only Islamic terrorist organization, but Hamas, along with others, all share the same goal, and that is to drive Israel, the nation of Israel, into the sea and annihilate every Israeli in the land and into the world, if they could get to all of them. And there are about 16 million Jews in the world, 
population of Israel, the Jewish population of Israel, is about 8 million. Um, and, of course, the Arab population is much, much larger than that, but the Palestinians are about equal in terms of population. There are about 2 million Palestinians in Gaza, about 3 million in, well, I don't really like to call it the West Bank, but that's the name that's usually used for what was Judea and Samaria. And then there are Palestinians in Jordan as well. You know, one thing I find interesting, George, is the fact that with this conflict, this current conflict between Hamas and Israel, is that none of the surrounding Arab states are willing to take any Palestinian refugees into their country. I wonder why that would be. Are they troublemakers? I think there are a couple of reasons. One, going back to previous conflicts, when Palestinians have fled Israel, Israeli territory, after the wars, the, after those previous wars ended, Israel refused to allow those Palestinians back in to their original locale. And I think that's one reason that uh, surrounding Arab states don't want them. And two, um, back when there were Palestinians in, in the Sinai Peninsula, let's go back into the 50s and 60s, they, they were a threat against the Egyptian government. And so I think that even the surrounding nations, and, and it, it's part of the conflict between the, the Muslims themselves. You know, there's two branches. There's the Shiites and the Sunnis, and they don't get along. <clears throat> and their difference is basically a theological doctrinal difference. The solution for followers of Muhammad, the manner of settling their differences is with the sword, of course, they don't use swords today, but bullets do just the same. And in terms of a religion, George, it's, 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 it's not a religion of peace. That's really what the word Islam means. Their means of conversion is by coercion. You either submit or off with your head. Whereas Christianity, by contrast, the means of conversion is persuasion. You present the gospel, you present the truth, and if it resonates, if God speaks to the recipient's heart, and they recognize that this is true truth, they voluntarily surrender and become a Christian. I, maybe the use of surrender is not a good word to use, but the point is submission. Not so with, with Islam. I know when I became a Christian, surrender is the right word. <laughs> I was just awful, and I surrendered my life to Christ to clean me up and get me on the straight path. And so... I know I've been an awful disappointment to God, but <laughs> that's what I did. I, I surrendered. I decided, no, I can't do this on my own. I want to I wanna belong to Jesus. Well, Diane, you're more on the secular side than Steve and I are. But as I said, you're one of the sharpest knives in the drawer that I ever met. How do you see anti-Semiticism? And I submit Semitism. Semitism. I'll get this straight. <laughs> Before this podcast is over, I'll be saying it right. Semitism. Diane, how do, where do you see this going? In America? Everywhere. But in America, if you want to start with America, because... Right, let me start with in America. Let me Allow me to quote uh, Pastor Martin Nima Moeller. Right after World War II, he said, First they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the union, the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. 
Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. I believe that Biden is letting his buddies go after the Jews in America. He, the, the government, the federal government can't do it. Well, they're going after Trump supporters. They don't dare go after the Jews because they're considered quasi-victims. He's letting his buddies uh, do it in academia and so forth. They've done nothing to stop. Jews are terrified. They're terrified on campuses. My former secretary who lives in a Portland suburb, she's terrified uh, because you never know when you're going to be attacked. To date, I don't recall anybody of any authority in the in the Biden regime coming out and telling Americans, knock it off. Uh, Mayorkas hasn't done it. Ray hasn't done it. Cardoza, the Department of Education head, hasn't said a word. I don't recall Harris or Biden saying anything. Nobody of authority is, is and they're not prosecuting properly either. They arrested two to three hundred people when they uh, stormed, stopped an official proceeding at the Capitol on uh, October 18th. And uh, they have so far have not prosecuted anybody for, quote, disrupting an official proceeding, unquote. And that is the statute under which they are currently persecuting still January 6th um, defendants. So they're not even either by words or deeds are they stopping the harassment of Jewish Americans who deserve the government's protection as, as much as anybody else. Diane, when you talk about American academia and nothing being done, uh, did you perchance watch any of the hearing, especially the part where uh, Elise Stefanik oh, yeah. was questioning I saw the that. president yes. of Harvard and how oh, slippery uh, yeah. the, the, the president was in, in, in her uh, attempting to protect Jews, but yet you could tell by her wording and the terms that she used that, uh, you know, <clears throat> well, it, it's thoughts, thoughts uh, translate into words, words translate into actions, but she didn't not make that connection. She was, well, we don't approve of that type of, of, of speech, and I find it abhorrent, but yet she did nothing and, and is doing nothing to stop it. But what bothers me about that whole issue is, where's Congress? I am sick and tired of watching numerous congressional hearings and seeing all of these Republicans rant against the wokeism that's everywhere. But Republicans, or at least Congress, controls the purse. Oh. Why don't they cut the funding? Yeah, they could do a lot of things. They could cut the student loan funding. That's one example. Yes. There's other tax dollars that go into academia. They could also, I don't know what the numbers are, but as I understand it, there are significant numbers of Muslim, foreign uh, students from Muslim countries studying in these schools. And if they are involved in any way in um, promoting uh, you know, hatred of any sort, they can be deported. So Mayorkas can deport these uh, students who are here on a student visa who are marching around the campuses uh, threatening uh, their Jewish fellow students, their classmates. It, that's another way they can handle part of it. Uh, and I know there's plenty of Americans also doing the same. 
they can't deport the American students, but uh, I mean, there's they've got a number of ways to stop this. Yeah, and yeah, those those three right. that uh, ladies that are the heads of Ivy League schools uh, that were testifying were absolutely disgusting, absolutely disgusting in their answers. They have no intention of protecting the Jewish people. So I, this is why I say the. Uh, the Biden is letting his minions do what he cannot do or, or politically better not do, you know, using federal resources to abuse Jews. He can't do that. So he lets the schools do it and, and uh, so forth. If I can interrupt here, most of us who look at Biden, we see Obama's third term. Biden really isn't in charge of anything. It's Obama. And I was listening to an interview with uh, Jeremiah Wright. Jeremiah Wright was oh, fa the f he famously in a sermon said, "It's not God bless America; it's God damn America." Yes. And uh, yes. Jeremiah Wright said in a in an interview, and he was sent off to Never Neverland after that. But he said, to his knowledge, Obama is still a Muslim. He never became a Christian or anything near it. He's just a Muslim, full Muslim. And so when we saw Obama in, his, uh, in the beginning of his first term making his apology tour to uh, Muslim countries, apologizing for America, and he himself, he, he stated that if the ball goes up, he's going to be on the side of the Muslims. And so we see all this happening right now. And if he truly is in his third term and running things— Biden really doesn't have much choice except to condemn Israel and support Palestine, uh, the Palestinians, Hamas, Hezbollah, all of those, all those people that God prophesied would be as wild donkeys setting themselves against all men. I saw where, Steve, how do you look at immigration here? If the Palestinians are brought into America, if Israel right now is going to, they're making the Gaza Strip pretty much uninhabitable. Where are they going to go? If they come to America, what what would be the implications there? Oh, oh, please. Go ahead, this Diane. This is a real thing, Diane. I can tell. <laughs> no, no, I you go ahead, you're, Steve. You're it's about your to question. boil over. Go ahead. <laughs> 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 well, but if they're going to bring two million Palestinians, is, aren't they? Isn't that the total population of the quote-unquote Palestine as, as we know of, it of Gaza? Today? Yes, yes. So bring them in here and let them continue the abuse of the Jewish population. Not to mention the <clears throat> abuse of the Christian population in America. Really? Well, this this goes right to my point. Something the Biden administration or Biden regime cannot do on their own. They're going to let third parties do it for them, and talk about dis uh, disrupting the uh, the whole American society. Two million—that's about going to double, give or take, the Muslim population in America as it stands today. That will double it. And, and add to that, uh, Diane, ahead, all the illegal military age. Chinese men that are crossing the border coming into the United States. Over 100,000 so far. And, and the word that comes to my mind is balkanization. America, oh, yes. the United States is yes. balkanizing 
thanks to yes. Obama, Biden, Harris, and their cabal. Yes. Oh, indeed. And we all know that there's for a thousand years there's been conflict in the soft underbelly of, of Europe called the Balkans. That's where the term balkanization comes from. You know, what yes. scripture have to say about this? It says, can two walk together unless they first agree? Amos chapter 3, verse 3. You can't bring people from divergent cultures and put them on the same land and expect them to get along. It's not going to happen. No. Uh, here no. in Virginia, a few years ago, when Mr. Trump was president, there was a uh, there were two opposite groups that protested in Charlottesville, and uh, the mayor up there is an idiot for along this. But both groups, one was Unite the Right, and the other was every crazy leftist organization in, in America. But <laughs> he allowed them to protest in the same area putting both groups together. Yes. It's like yes. putting, um, in some states where yeah. cockfighting is still uh, allowed, you put two roosters in the same cage, there's going to be one dead rooster after a while. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and they bet money on it and all that. I think it happens in Virginia here too, except it's illegal. <laughs> but at any rate, uh, that's what it reminds me of, two roosters being thrown into the same pit and see what happens to them. Well, that's what happened well, in Well, they want the chaos. That mayor wanted the chaos. He's, I don't think he was stupid. He wanted it on purpose. He was following, uh, that's what Nancy Pelosi did in San Francisco. There were a right-wing, quote-unquote, group that had a permit to parade or whatever you call it down there to meet. And she would not, how do I say this? She would not allow the police to keep the counter-protest, the Antifa, away from them that they were going to mingle Antifa with this right-wing group called Patriot Prayer out of San, out of Vancouver, or Washington. And so the Patriot Prayer, I, I have met the founder, Joey Gibson. He canceled the whole event to avoid, because he knew what was going to happen. People were going to get hurt because San Francisco was going to put them together and the police were not going to keep them separate. And the party that always comes out looking as a bad guy are those that come from the right or conservative perspective. When Tifa showed up with baseball bats, uh, they were ready for action. Whereas Unite the Right, there was one guy, his, his schizophrenia, he showed up and he ran his car through the crowd. Unfortunately, he was called from on the right side from Unite the Right. So they called that murder and he's been sentenced to a life in prison for, for that. They shouldn't have been there, but they shouldn't have been in the same area. Well, let's get back to the Jews. And, to Hamas. and by the way, may uh, I add here, uh, George, he ran over and killed a Jewish woman. So it, back then, the left used the Jews or this Jewish woman's death. Uh, they used it for their propaganda. And are they protecting the Jews? Do they, do they care about the Jews now? No. And, and they really made a martyr out of her. So, they, so the Democrats, the left, pretended to be interested in, in Jews back in 2017 when Trump was president, but now they're throwing them under the bus. Oh, I didn't know so that. They're just phony. <laughs> I know that when Obama decided to send the Somalians, and we really have no clue just how many are here, 
but it's hundreds of thousands of Somalians. When he brought them out of Somalia into America, that affected me because my daughter owned a condominium in Columbus, and Obama put the uh, Somalians into apartments and condominiums right in her area. Crime went through the roof. Her condominium suddenly wasn't worth nearly as much as the morgue, let alone what it was before. And so I bailed her out, got her a new place to live, a nice neighborhood with a nice house. And when I was up there last time, I spotted a, across the street some women with, with hajibs. I asked, Muslims? Yes. Somalians? Yes. How can they afford that house? And she said, well, they're getting established here, and they're now moving into the suburbs, and they're buying houses. And so, once again, it's oil and water. They're keeping their own culture, and somehow they're thriving financially in America, and we're not sure quite how this is happening. Your your tax dollars, George. Thank you very much. You're very generous. <laughs> you you didn't make me any happier. Well, I mean, come on. That's what's happening. because And they're playing uh, the scam. Uh, here we are, the LBJ's Great Society again. The men have multiple wives, and each wife lives in a different apartment and sucks off the welfare, pretending like she doesn't have a husband to support her. And so, you know, I think they can have four wives. The Koran allows them to have four wives. Well, there you are. There's four households that they're all pretending like they're unmarried. You know, we're supporting them, supporting the households. That's how it goes. With the set, each have probably four, five, six kids. So, Steve, you're the Constitution expert here, bringing in the Somalians and maybe now bringing in the whole Palestine. <laughs> how does that, is that legal? Can it be made legal? How are they doing That's this? That's a very good question. If you look at the Constitution or the whole purpose of the Constitution, one of the two primary reasons that it was wanted and needed was to prevent each of these 13 sovereign states from warring against each other. So national security was a primary reason for the Constitution. And if you act as if there are anybody that wants to can come in and you don't defend your borders, national security is out the window. So the whole purpose of the government. And it reminds me of Jefferson's phrase in the Declaration about that the tree of liberty needs to be watered. Is that what we need to do? Now, did he mean that in terms of a of a of an election every four years? Or he used the phrase twenty years, need to water the, the tree of liberty. It's not water though, it's with the blood of tyrants and patriots. Well, that's true. That's right, that's right. Um, <clears throat> so what do we do? What do we do if our government doesn't even assume its responsibility and defend the Constitution, not just taking an oath to it, but put some action with your words. Uh, what choice do we have left? Except a bloody revolution. Well, they're, not, they're not enforcing the law. You know, one of the one of the purposes of the federal or national government, as you call them, is to enforce the laws that have been enacted by the representatives of the people, the House and the Senate, and signed by the president. And the Biden regime just completely threw that out the window the minute he, well, once, I can't say he won, but once the election was called on his behalf, he said, come on in. And they started staging at the Mexican border, southern border. Yeah, he's not enforcing the law.
I saw and started reading but didn't finish um, an interview with a former Catholic, I think he was an arch, arch, archbishop, Mueller was his name, a German, um, and he was saying in that interview that the globalists are trying to obliterate national identity by allowing people, not allowing, encouraging, I guess you'd say allowing, people outside of Western civilization to uh, immigrate or invade, whichever term you want to use, depending on your perspective, yes. of these third world peoples coming into Western countries yes. to destroy our national identity because it, it, it furthers their objective of creating a one-world system. I knew a lady when I was living in the Portland area. I knew her for like 30-odd years. She had immigrated from communist Germany when she was 14 years old. And a good 20 years ago, she, she would go back periodically to visit her relatives in Germany. Well, a good 20 years ago, she told me that Germany had turned into a nightmare because they had let so many Muslims come in and one of the things the government did was the government gave the housing, Section 8 housing, I guess you would call it, gave it to the Muslims. And the Germans, the natural-born Germans, were second on the list when they needed uh, housing. They were behind the eight ball. I mean, behind the, the, uh, behind the, the Muslims. They got everything first. They got all the extra benefits first. And, of course, the resentment was building, obviously. And um, I don't know where it is today. But that's exactly what's going on with in America today. They're, they're shoving, in Chicago is just one example, in New York City, they are actually kicking people out of Section 8 housing. They are kicking people out of assisted living because the federal dollar comes in and pays more to the owners of these, these uh, buildings and so forth to put the illegals in. They pay, they're paying these, these apartment owners and so on and so forth more money than they would get normally on the market, and so they're, they're kicking out the Americans. And I just don't understand. I mean, they've been complaining in New York and Chicago. I frankly don't understand why there is not a riot in some of these places. Are you talking, Diane, the love of money is the root of all oh, evil. Yeah. yeah, you're destroying your own community doing that. Corporate America, it's always the buck, right? It's not the people. Yes. That's why our Chamber of Commerce isn't a, opposed to the illegal immigration coming across the southern border. Cheap yeah, labor. But it's the buck right mm -hmm. Yeah, but right now. But they're not mm -hmm. considering what's going to happen to the society that they themselves live in. Granted, these corporations aren't really human beings, but somewhere within the mix of their employees are living in those communities that they're destroying. I read a book some years ago called The High cost of low prices. And it was about Walmart and how Walmart, all the Chinese goods that were coming in to the stores where people would go to Walmart to get those low prices. But when a Walmart moves in, the downtown area, the little shops and the mom and pop businesses, they all disappear. Right. Then the next largest uh, disappear as well. And so the high cost to the town wherever they have a Walmart, they've lost their identity pretty much on behalf of low prices. And we're enriching China and other places yes. except America yes. in order to support 
low costs, but it's costing us everything. Well, we have to end this. It, it really went fast, I'm afraid. What can we as normal citizens, I mean, we're three senior citizens right here. I know that at age 80, I, I'm not very well equipped to get into a bloody revolution to try to stop this. So <laughs> what, what can we do? Uh, Steve, is there anything that you see that the average American can do to stop this, what's happening? Well, first of all, we can pray. Second of all, we can vote. We can vote the rascals out of Washington and our state governments that are allowing these atrocities to occur. And third, we can tell other people. That's what we're trying to do right now. Diane, would you end this up for us today? Well, and you can work at your local community, at your local community to keep an eye on what's going on and whether or not they're shipping in illegals into your community. Now, on the Long Beach Peninsula, we have no extra housing, so we're protected from... Washington State is bringing them in in, gro- in droves, but our little community, we, we're not worried about it because uh, there's just no housing, it's, it's, and it's very remote from you know, the big cities and so forth. But we're keeping an eyeball out anyway. We're waiting to see if they're going to kick out the Section 8 people out of their, their housing and put in the illegals. It's doubtful, but we're keeping an eye out. I mean, there's just a lot of things you can do. Just educate yourself what's going on. Granted, the govern- the Marxist governments in various states are hiding what they're doing. They're lying to you and they're hiding what they're doing. But if you keep your eyeball out, you can, f- you can figure out some of what they're up to. Well, all politics is local. You have to begin where you are. Yeah. Well, Professor Steve Putney, Attorney Diane Gruber. By the way, <laughs> our sponsor today is me, the Killer Wealth Management Group. Lately... We've been, uh, the crowd has been coming to us. We have a product now that's paying 7.77% with a lifetime income guaranteed of 5% backed up by AAA insurance companies. They're the only ones that are allowed to do this legally. And so if you would like to know more about this, give me a call, 434-455-7197. That's 455-7197. Thank you so much for listening today. Please share this with your friends. Tea with George, get real. Steve and Diane, thank you so much again for being with us. And to all of our radio listening audience, may God bless your day. Thank you, George.